Welcome to the Best Ever You Show with your host, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, helping you live your life to the fullest. How? Real people, including celebrities, real advice, real places, products, and businesses, real life stories. It's all right here for you with this radio show, printed magazine, websites, community, and more. Remember to visit us online, too, at besteveryou.com. And now here's your host, CEO and founder of the Best Ever You Network, Elizabeth Hamilton Garino. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for listening to the Best Ever You Show. We are here. It's a beautiful day here in Maine. It um, it, it seems like the sub-zero Arctic blast of whatever the heck that's been for the past, I don't know, like what felt like forever, but might be just like 10 days or two weeks or so has led up. And so it, Eileen and I were like, it feels like the tropics here. There's like four feet of snow and it's 30 degrees. And um, yeah, don't you feel like you're kind of in Hawaii, Eileen? (laughs) I do. I do. It's like we're ready to wear shorts, you know, here in New England when it's 30 degrees. So funny. Anyway, all right. I'm glad you're with me. I made a, um, I, I got a rookie mistake going on here. I got a little lump in my throat before we went live. I forgot totally and completely how to ask you how to pronounce your last name before we went on air. And I don't want to destroy it. So could you please do me a favor and pronounce your last name? Rookie me, 400 shows in and I forgot to ask. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries, Elizabeth. Um, it's pronounced Doyan. Okay, I would have gotten it right. Hey, close. Okay. Um, So Eileen Doyon is with us, and um, this is – she's really cool, and I'm so glad that our our paths crossed um, because we're going to learn a lot today with our show. She's got quite a message here. Um, Her website, before we get going, is Unforgettable Faces and Stories. That's her website, Unforgettable Faces and Stories. Her Facebook is the same, and her Twitter is at Faces and Stories. Uh, so she's very reachable, accessible, responsive, wants you to share the message, read her, gosh, I think you have seven books and probably more on the way, and it's it's a blessing to to be with you. So thank you so much. Um, we're going to talk today a little bit about pain, and it's going it, to. I think this show might get uncomfortable in spots, so we're going to try and make it comfortable because nobody likes going into a show and, and being like, "Oh, pain! I don't want to be here for this." And so, what we want to do is have a takeaway where if you're listening and you're going through a, a troubled spot, if if you're in pain, if you're experiencing um, someone ill or the death of a loved one, um, we want to make it so that you're comfortable listening to our show and have something, some, something from listening with us for the next 30 minutes to an hour of a takeaway that might help you be your best in the situation that you or your loved one or friends or whatever are in. And Eileen, I know you're struggling. Are you, do you struggle are you still struggling? Are you, where are you at in your grief process? Because it sounds to me like you've lost your father to lung cancer and, and we're with him to the end. I know me personally, uh, my dad is a stroke survivor and it has been um, oh, so sad in parts and so joyous in others to still have him with us, but to see this phenomenal person go through everything he's been going through since 2004, it's just heart wrenching and gut wrenching. So tell me, tell us where you're at um, and why you've done this. 
Well, first of all, my heart goes out to you with your dad. Um, a great question. And I think in grief, it never ends. I think that we have peaks and valleys dealing with, with grief as well. Um, I had uh, my mom and my brother in 1981, and I was in my early 20s getting started in my career, and I never really grieved for them. I, they, Your mom and your brother just aren't supposed to, you know, pass away when you're 23 and I dove right into my career fast forwarding um, my dad did uh, die in 2011 March of 2011 of lung cancer but I will tell you Elizabeth um, a couple of years prior to that he did have a stroke that's what started everything and I live here in New Hampshire my dad lives in Port Edward New York it's near Saratoga and I was going back and forth and my dad was getting over his stroke and then he had about with bladder cancer. So we went through that and then, you know, he um, he died of lung cancer. But I have days where I am very depressed still. And, you know, and sometimes I, I look at my husband and I, I just say, look, I'm going to cry today. Just leave me be. And, you know, which he does. We've been married since 82. He's a strong, obviously, supporter of me. And when I meet those times, Elizabeth, I know enough now that it's okay to have those downtimes. And but you know, when he died, my I felt like half my heart got torn, uh, torn out. And I know today people still have struggles after they've lost someone that they've loved very dearly, whether it's been two years, five years, forty years. You still have that pain with you every day, and that's okay because as long as you manage it, I, I think that is my message for people. That's a good message too. I notice. Um... On any given moment, I can go into my Facebook community, which is one of the the one community I'm talking about is about 5,000. It's a personal page. It's got like 5,000 friends and about 3,000 followers on it. So just in a group of about 8,000 people. And I, I do spend a lot of time scrolling through my news feed to see what where people are at for their day. Um, it can be a lot with 8,000 people or so that, you know, that are in there and so forth because I follow every single person back to the best that I can. And I notice an overwhelming theme of grief. I'm in the hospital today. I, uh, I'm having surgery. Please pray for me. Please, I just lost my parent. It, it, it is extremely um, prevalent in my feed. And I'm wondering, do you notice that too? On, I'm just going to talk about social media for a second because I think it is so important when you don't, when you don't when you're going through that to talk about it. And it seems like Facebook seems to be a pretty um, safe spot for that in the right situation. What do you think about that? I agree. Uh, you know, when when I lost my mom and my brother, you just within a few months from each other, you know, back in the 80s, we didn't really, um, it was a different world back then. We didn't have the social media. We didn't have resources, you know, to go to ourselves. And people just basically said, oh, time will heal, time will heal, you know, maybe see a counselor or whatever. But time does heal to a certain degree. But I think now with all the social media we have out there, it's a voice because you can read and you can say, 
I'm not alone. I have these feelings. I I have a very, you know, uh, depressing time going on in my life. Oh, my God, this person does too. And look at where she's been or look what she's done. And you know what? We learn from that because we we read other people's stories. And and that's how I got the idea of my book series, to be honest, because sometimes we think we're all alone in the world and that it's just us that's having this challenging time. What's wrong with me? I got to get over this. What can I do? But when we have our resources of social media in today's world, it, it makes it, and I don't want to say easier, but it, it makes it more durable and, and relatable. Yeah, and I keep reminding people uh, that we all trade off these moments. So, like, when you're on Facebook, for example, you know, somebody might be, you know, on their, like, we were talking about, let's go with Hawaii and carry it on. And, you know, you're on your Hawaiian beach vacation and somebody else is sitting there and they just lost a parent. And so, I mean, I've got that going on, for example, in just one Facebook group. You'll see somebody off traveling and having a ball and somebody else crying. And I think about that in terms of, like, where I'm at. Okay, I'm seeing both of these things. If I was really having a a bum day, the, the Hawaiian vacation might make me, you know, jealous or sad. And then I remind, I remind myself, don't compare yourself to other people, number one, but also remember we're all trading off all of these things all of the time. So I love what you just said that like, you're not alone in your moments. And, and if you do decide to get vocal and say something's up, there's a lot of people that show up for you in these formats. Right. Right. Exactly. You know, in life is a journey and nobody said it was going to be fair or easy. You know, during life we have, you know, bumpy roads and major highways. We have peaks and valleys and that's the way life is. And, um, you know, some have more bumpy roads than others, if you will, or, or, you know, some go on the dirt path and some go on, you know, the easy highway for a while. But that's what it's all about is adjusting to those peaks and valleys because we're all going to have them at some point in time in our life. I mean, I can read stories that people write about that I've never experienced, but I always take something away from their situation and how they handled it. Even though I've never been in that situation, I learn from their experience. I learn from their story. Yeah. I, I, I love what you've done here. So tell us about unforgettable faces and stories.com. And um, just, just tell us a little bit about that and how it ties into maybe all of your books. Sure. I uh, After my dad passed away, uh, as I had mentioned, Elizabeth, I was in a really dark, depressing time, and I knew I was. I was smart enough to know that I wasn't right. And so I did a search on the Internet, and it said to write in a journal. You know, when you're hurting or grieving, write in a journal every day. So I started to do that, and after two weeks I said, well, you know what, I've had enough of this. because in Part of that's because of my personality, and I said I have to do something more. So in the military, my dad was part of the greatest generation uh, you know he quit high school when he was 17 years young his boots hit Iwo Jima um, in 1945 or 1941 he um, fought in Iwo Jima for 31 days out of the 36 horrific war there and he served three years overseas on uh, foreign combat and uh, you know so the military and I am so embarrassed 
that I never knew that he was in Iwo Jima until a few months before he he passed away because they never talked about the war. They never talked about specifics. I always knew he was in, but in the military is very dear to my heart. So I said to my husband, well, I'm going to write a, a book about my dad. And then I looked at him and I said, okay, no one's going to read it, but you and I. So I said, well, what about, I said, I'd like to do a dedication to my father because I'm also embarrassed to say that I never told my father, thank you for his service. It's it's like in the world we live in every time that I'm out and about and I see someone that has a military symbol or, or a piece of apparel, I always go up to them and thank them for their service. And um, so I decided to reach out to my friends from high school because all of us were about the same age and our dads mostly fought in World War II. And I asked them if they would like to work uh, to write a tribute and they were they were thrilled beyond um, anything to, to participate. And I had a couple of people that said, oh, my God, I mean, I knew my dad fought in the war, but I started pulling all this stuff together, and now I have this to give to my grandkids and my cousins and my uncles. You know, I have everything all together now. And it just gave such a healing peace, if you will, to so many people. And I said, and at the same time, I had inherited my grandmother's chandelier. My uncle actually died six months after my dad did of lung cancer. They're both from the same area. Um, and I inherited her chandelier. And that was always around our table for gatherings. Um, you know, my grandfather was Italian. My grandmother was a, uh, Irish. So we always would have big family gatherings. And that chandelier, I could look around the dining room table still today in my mind and visualize everyone there and even remember some of the things that they were wearing. And I said, you know what, we all have keepsakes that remind us of people that have passed. And, you know, other people have to feel the same way as I did. So I, I really did both books at the same time. And the feedback that I got was incredible. And I said to my husband, I said, Danny, you know what, I think I have something here. I think I want to do a series. So I had to come up with a title. And I wanted to use an umbrella title, if you will, so that I could um, in incorporate all different types of themes to help people heal and to inspire heal and thus unforgettable faces and stories was born i love it what are um do you want to go through all of the books or should i point people to your amazon page or to your website or there are i counting seven books is that right there's seven books correct seven books correct uh, um, I'll read them. How about if I just read the titles off? So um, okay. I don't know if they're in any particular order here, but I'll read them off and then you can kind of correct me. Okay. How's that sound? So there's Starting okay. Over, Stories of New Beginnings. There is The Second My Life Changed Forever. Letters to Heaven, which I heard was an Amazon bestseller. There might be a couple of them in here, actually. Pet Tales, Unconditional Love. I'm excited to read that one. I haven't read that one yet. Uh, I love, oh, my God, I'm such a fur baby monster. It's, it's crazy. Um, and I think that might be what that's about. Um, best Friends Forever and Ever, which also sounds lovely because I love all my best friends. Um, this sounds very special. Dedications, Dads and Daughters, and Keepsakes, Treasures from the Heart. It sounds like you are all heart. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. Yes, that was, um, you did a great job. And, you know, people ask me how I, how I decide about a theme and I, I just go with my gut and I go with my feelings and, and things that people have, have said to me. Um, you know, the first, I will uh, tell you that the, um, the first four books I did with a self publisher and then my most, uh, the three, uh, most recent, I actually did 
myself uh, through Amazon, and I, I do have a part-time marketing person that works with me, and mm-hmm. it's been a phenomenal journey with that. And my most recent book, the um, Starting Over: Stories of New Beginnings, um, I designed the cover of that myself, and I'm actually on the cover, and I have my dad's trench coat and his hat on, and I just got this vision one day of starting over stories of new beginnings. It just kind of came to me, and I actually went back home, Fort Edward, New York, and I had one of my friends, uh, two of my friends, and one is a professional photographer, Fred, and uh, he actually took the picture of the railroad tracks that we actually used to hang out in when I was in high school. But, um, you know, I did a lot of the um, creative work with it in, in the in the covers. But like I said, the most recent three I, I designed, uh, you helped design those. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And um, it's been a fun journey, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, the road continuing. Well, I think there's a lesson here, too, in that um, you didn't hold off on publishing all your material until somebody bought the rights to your books and all this stuff. You just went for it. And it sounds like it's a it's a really good format and fit for you and and your audience and so forth. It is extremely hard to sell books. Uh, I know that very firsthand from having three of them out. And um, I don't but I don't think that somehow I get the feeling that that's not what you're all about. I mean, it's great if people buy your books and stuff, but I don't get the feeling that that's what you live for. It's not. And obviously, you know, I, I want book sales uh, for obvious reasons, but my my mission is everyone has a story and everyone wants to, to write in a book and I give people that opportunity. And, but people's hearts, you had mentioned before, people's hearts are hurting and aching right now. And, you know, we need to heal and inspire each other. And, and that's what my mission is. I I just want to help people. I want them to know that you're not alone. If you have an inspirational story that can help someone out, isn't that great too? Because in my, um, my sixth book, The Second My Life Changed Forever, the very first story that you read is about, um, is a happy story, inspiring story where a girl goes back to her hometown for a wedding, meets her uh, soon-to-be husband, unbeknownst to her, in a Walmart parking lot by, when she goes in to buy film, and it's a great, happy story. So that kind of set people back you know, when they first read that because lots of people will say, well, is your story, is your, are your books all by, about death? No, they're about life, peaks and valleys of life, healing and inspiring. Yeah, I I like that. I was I was kind of wondering where um it was going to go also in a, in a way because and and I know I talked to you about this in email a little bit because so many people think um pain is torture instead of pain being a a gift. And um well, it, you know, I, it's probably different for different people and all that, you know, just speaking in, you know, large sweeping generalizations. <laughs> I think it it's all over the place. But I um I like the fact when I went to, when I was reading the second, my life changed forever. I was expecting um, just from the the cover, you know, the title and so forth, that it was like something bad happened. And here's how my life changed in this direction um, in this moment. And so it, it took me off guard that it was completely not about that. So I thought that was really interesting that you went in that direction with that one. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's positive instead of instead of you know negative, which is yeah. a lesson right there. Absolutely, Elizabeth. And you know, um, speaking of that book, I, I will share something with you uh, that 
can help others, I'm sure. Um, I don't talk a lot. I didn't talk a lot about my mom. And um, if you read that, reading that book, you know what happened to my mom. I was involved in a fire and she was burnt very badly and I was standing right next to her. And, um, you know, even though uh, my husband and I have been married since 82, my mom, my brother died in 81. um, And he always knew that we were involved in a fire, but I never talked about it. And I, I couldn't. And I still today, I uh, have a very challenging time talking about it. But I, my story about that situation, because it did change my life forever. And mm-hmm. um, it's, I think that that in itself, when you write things out, it's inner healing. And I think that that's why people tell you when I Google search, you know, how do I heal myself? They said, write in a journal and writing is healthy. And I had read somewhere where Hemingway, I didn't know this, um, his father committed suicide. And he never talked about it until after like 20 something years after he had died. And I think that that's okay. You know, you have to communicate and you have to deal with it how you do. And um, there's not a right or a wrong way about the healing process. You have to do what is comfortable for you during that time. You know, today is Sarah Basie Day. And I'm going to just throw that name to you and, and give her your name and you have her name now. And I was talking about Sarah Basie earlier uh, with on another phone call this morning, a, a client call, and um, you should meet Sarah Basie. You know how we were talking about, if, did I know Forbes Riley before we got on there? Well, yes, yes. Hello, Forbes. <laughs> I do know you. <laughs> Best ever you. Um, but Sarah Basie is another one for you. And if you meet her, she'll, she'll help you heal a little bit more in the mom area. Um, Sarah Basie is a burn survivor. Uh, she was involved in a horrific helicopter crash and um, severely burned. And if you listen to her story, she's been on the radio show and um, she is just phenomenal. Um, she would be very lovely for you to talk to. I oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, that. So, so Sarah, um, what? Okay, so we're going to keep going. That was just my little off, <laughs> like, like I, I probably should have muted <laughs> the microphone you, and said, hey, talk to Sarah. She, Sarah's just a lovely human being, and um, she's, she's done some amazing things with her life, um, and she lives in Minneapolis, in the Minneapolis area. Okay. Um, so that's a person you should meet. But um, let's go to your website for a minute. It's Unforgettable Faces and Stories, and I'm clicking around here on this beautiful website, and I'm clicking on Mitzi's Messages. And I'm curious what that is. If you want to talk to us a little bit about Mitzi's messages, what's what's that area on your website? <laughs> the, well, it's it's funny. I will tell you that um, my dad, when I was born, wanted to name me Mitzi after Mitzi Gaynor. For those of you that don't know who she is, she was a dancer and an actress back in the, the 40s and 50s, I think. And she still, um, I'm on her Facebook page, she still uh, dances and entertains, um, but my mother wouldn't hear of that, so my father always called me Mitzi, and we pro- I probably had um, quite a handful of, of certain people that would call me that, 
And um, so that's kind of Eileen's messages, and that's where I put, like, all my posts, any interviews that I have, um, any videos that I do, any reviews on my books and, and things like that. So they're kind of nuggets, if you will, of what's going on in um, Mitzi's, Mitzi's world, Eileen's world, with uh, unforgettable faces and stories. So it's something kind of about my dad that I that I wanted to, to put out there, um, and it's it's kind of a secret little thing between him and I, I guess, if you will. I love it. Well, now it's not so secret anymore. <laughs> now the whole world knows. Um, <laughs> but that's a great story. I wondered what that was. So that, that helps explain that. Um, Thank you for asking. I, yeah, no, I, I noticed it. And I was like, I wonder what that is. Why is it Smitty? So that, that makes that makes sense. And it's a great story, too. So that's, that's wonderful. Um, Everything is what, a story, Elizabeth. <laughs> isn't that the truth? Um I, what I, that you know, it's a good segue into what I was going to ask you next, and that's um, before you did this, before you did all this, and 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 in your everyday life and everything. I I know this isn't a hobby for you, um, but I do know that you do other things. Um, what is your what is your career? What do you do? What were you trained in doing? You know, who go back? Take us back and tell us like who you were as a kid, who you were in junior high, high school, you know, on and on. Take us back a little bit and tell us how you got to this point, because um, I think so many people dream of writing, uh, publishing books, talking about their message, telling people what inspires them, and you're doing it. And they're, how, did, how did you get to this point? Well, I say I was daddy's little girl. My father had his own business and was very successful um, as a, a, a roofing company, a sheet metal company. And, you know, we had the summer home, the whole the whole shebang, if you will. Um, after my mom's fire, you know, things changed drastically for us as a family. But so I did have the, the daddy's little girl princess, if you will, um, up until about first grade. Youngest, my father always wanted a little girl. And then finally... Um, here I appear, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I was the the apple of his his eye. And um, after after my mom got uh, burnt, I actually uh, lived with my aunt and my uncle for about a year and a half. They thought that that was best to do. And I tell you that only to say, not to feel sorry for me, but I learned at that time to be very independent. And I was on my own probably from that point on with my mother. You know, my mother covered all over her body except for her face. So she had traumatic. Um, rehab that she had to do. Uh, my business, my father's business went south. Um, we had to sell our home and, you know, the whole shebang. And, you know, that that was always um, very difficult, you know, to go through. But, you know, I didn't know it was difficult because we just did what we needed to do to survive. So, you know, I never thought I was in a bad place. It was just, okay, well, you know, you do the next thing. You do the next thing. And um, and then, and I, I wasn't, I had a lot of friends in high school. I was, um, I was kind of the party one out of between my brothers and I, and I was very social. And then, um, you know, right after high school, I will tell you, I worked two jobs, um, 
I worked uh, for a retail company, uh, both, you know, eight to five and then five thirty to nine. I worked really hard. I had an opportunity to start a career and they moved me around and I started opening stores for a junior sportswear clothing store. And that's when my mom and my brother had um, passed. And so I just threw myself into my career and I just did whatever I needed to do for a job. And, um, you know, was quickly moving up the ladder with the company, loved it, always met new people. Uh, You know, I moved around quite a few times and that never really bothered me. Again, you just kind of go with the flow. And then I met my husband um, in Maine, actually. Um, I opened the store in Auburn, Maine. (laughs) That's awesome. yeah, my husband's from the Lewiston Auburn area, and anyways, um, opened that store, and you know, we got into, we ended up, you know, doing some real estate things on the side. I always had other, I always worked a full time job, but we always did other things. We worked in, you know, we bought apartments, we renovated them. My husband was building houses. I'd help him, you know. So it, I was always doing something. And um, then, you know, at, with everything with with my dad um, moving faster, um, you know, I, well, let me backtrack a little bit. In 1994, we moved to Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, mm-hmm. It just gave us a more central location for business. Uh, we were closer to the airport, so it was just more uh, logistic for us to, to live. And I'm not sure, um, I'm sure you've probably been to the area. It's a beautiful area. Um, we're very close to everything. And, um, you know, so, you know, we, we had a, we always had another business going and then, um, you know, I was going back and forth to New York. My husband and I traveled around a lot, um, did a lot of different things, went a lot of places. Then, um, you know, with 2008 rolled in, which was a very traumatic year. Um, but backtracking to that in Maine, one of the reasons we left, um, if you remember uh, early 90s, was very. my husband and I had quite a few apartment buildings. The economy just tanked. And we were one of the lucky ones that didn't lose everything. And flashing back to when my father lost, my father and mother lost, you know, everything. Um, We would go to closings and we'd bring a check with us. Um, So we we didn't, we came out of that. We lost a lot of money, but we we learned a lot. We came out of that. And um, so, you know what, I've had the peaks and valleys of my life there. And then, you know, after going through with with my dad, um, I mentioned, you know, through the stroke and, you know, the bladder cancer. And, I mean, I was driving back and forth to New York, you know, practically every weekend, especially, you know, the last year or so of my dad's life. And um, I took a job in Portsmouth, New Hampshire as a recruiter. And I did that for 20, 20 years. In 2015, let's see, 2011, my dad died. I was going through you know, getting my books going. I finally got my books going in 2013. And then in 2015, I was laid off from my job due to business here in the area. And um, I took about a year. I worked from home because a week after I got laid off, I was shoveling my deck outside after our first snowfall. And I, my husband yelled for me. I turned around. My feet went flat up, went straight up oh, in the no. air. I came down and broke my wrist, my right wrist. And I have a standard that I drive and I, um, someone hired me just through networking, uh, from a referral from someone had not 
ever met me and I worked from home because I could, she says, can you still type? Can you still talk on the phone? I said, absolutely, whatever I need to do. And I did that for about a year while, and that's when I really started to get into my books in the direction of where I wanted to go. And uh, yeah, so flash forward now, I I do have a, um, an eight to five job that I work presently, but I get up at 5 a.m. in the morning. I work on all my social media stuff. I, you know, hop in the shower by 6.30. I have to be to work by 8. I come home for lunch. I work and, you know, whatever I have to do. And then I come home. I have some private time with, you know, my husband. We we have an hour, and then I go down, and I work on my book series, and then we spend the rest of the time together. Do you know what I like most about all of what you just described? It's so real life. I hope everybody listening to this show just heard that because you did not exaggerate, fake, hide. You made yourself vulnerable. <laughs> you know, every, every, <laughs> you know, I just, I love that. I love it when, you know, people, when you have a guest on, that's just so completely real. And I, I just love um, all the different twists and turns. And I'm not sure you've loved every twist and turn you've had for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but we're similar. I fell on the ice um, a couple of years ago and just wiped out completely and didn't break anything or anything, but my goodness gracious, I just wiped out awful. my hip and shoulder and it's just awful when you fall on the ice, it does make you want to move to Hawaii and it's just crazy. <laughs> but um <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I love that. And I love the fact that you are, are writing and telling people and sharing and drawing people in. And it's just been a joy to get to know you better and um, and find you in this great big world. I love it when we just find each other for whatever reason it's supposed to be. It's just cool. And I hope somebody in our audience, um, really, you know, you touch lives when you talk and share your story and your books and, and everything you've gone through. And hopefully um, I've connected you um to some really good people as um, I think you'll, if you really do follow up with Sarah Basie, for example, I think you'll I will. really love her. Yeah. She's just a, a, a quite a peaceful, um, wise soul in the world. And she's just a good person. And, um, but anyway, it was great to hear about your husband in Maine and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. You're right. is beautiful. And I've really enjoyed having you on here and I hear you're a cat lover too. So we'll give a shout out to uh, Audie, yeah. maybe Odie, Audie, Odie. is it Odie, 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 huh. Odie. I've got, and he actually, I've got a lot of cats. Um, he yep. um, he actually went missing for six weeks right oh. after um, in September of 2011, and I was and of course that was the year that I lost my dad and I was horrified and I oh, will yeah. tell you Elizabeth I found him six weeks later 17 miles from home, I won't tell you how it's in my book Pet Tales. Okay, I'll read it. Good. Yeah, we had we just had a, our cat, our beloved. I mean, our just lovely. We have had two cats die over age twenty. Oh, this one, Jer- right. when we when we got when we adopted a little bit older, but Jers Jersey, um, we got before we even had you know the kids, and so the kids grew up with Jersey and everything. And she she died last year right before two of them, two, uh, three kids left for college. And it oh just freaks God. everybody out. And um, it's our awful. one, it's just terrible. Yeah. And um, our one gray cat that we have, we she's not named anything crazy. Gray kitten is her name. That's clever, huh? Anyway, gray kitten <laughs> never, never goes outside ever. And Jersey died and they were two pretty inseparable cats. You know, we got gray kitten as a tiny little gray kitten, you know, so that's why she's gray kitten. And she got outside, which she never goes outside. And, we found her laying on Jersey's grave. 
because my husband <gasps> did a. Oh, talk about! I oh. have it on Facebook. Talk about crying oh. for a whole day and being so oh, sad. And um, oh you know, God. not. Oh my God, yeah. And so, because um, we we did a like a grave site, you know, not, not anything too elaborate or anything, but it's got a stone and hostas around it, and the cat was out there laying on it. And now the cat opens the screen door, which is annoying um, because, you know, you don't want something to happen to your indoor cat. But anytime right. she does that, she just goes right over to Jers. Oh, my God. They know. Isn't that they, weird? they are just they know. so smart. Yeah. It, they know. They're a family. Yeah, they you know? totally they, know. Yeah. yeah. Oh anyway, so I look forward to reading that book. But anyway, I will post more links about your books and um, – spread the message of everything that you've got going on and everybody uh, unforgettable faces and stories. Um, follow Eileen. You'll love her. She's a great soul in the universe and has a great message. And um, I'm sure she would love to meet you. So um, Eileen, thank I you so definitely. much for being on the show. It's been a joy having you and I'm so glad we found each other. Oh, and, and me as well. It's been an honor. And um, it, it, and anybody has any messages, and they can look for my next theme that's coming out for 2018. It's going to be uh, dedications and tributes to first responders. And we're just oh, starting love to put that message out. Oh, it's it's going to be a fabulous book, Elizabeth, just fabulous. So, But yeah. thank you so much again. It's been an honor. And shout out to the husbands, um, to your husband, Dan, and to my husband, Peter, they are blessings. Boy, they support us in all our different twists <laughs> and turns and book writing adventures and people adventures and everything. They're so awesome. So, uh, yeah, we wouldn't do a lot of things without the support and care of our of our, our loved ones. So, all right. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank, uh, you. thank you, Eileen. For, yep. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Eileen, for being with us. And um, everybody, please go over to Unforgettable Faces and stories.com and um, Eileen's Facebook page is unforgettable faces and stories and her Twitter is also at faces and stories. And again, there are seven books that she's written and um, the, all of them are listed on the, the website here for the radio show. And we'll put them up on best ever you. And I just want to thank you all so much for listening. Take care everybody and have a great day. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.